Good morning, everyone. Blessed Christmas tide. My friends, we move so quickly when Christmas falls like this. We go from Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to Christmas tide, which goes on really to the baptism of the Lord. We went from almost 600 people at the 400 at the 4 p.m. mass. Remember, they were everywhere, which was a great joy um, to hear. Yesterday, Jesus was an infant, and today he's 12 years old. So, here we go. <laughs> And so, my friends, uh, uh, this morning we continue then with our um, celebration of the Christmas season, and the scriptures now focus on the and put attention in a special way on the Holy Family. We know of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and this is a great time to thank God for the gift of family. My friends, the Catechism of the Catholic Church refers to the family as the domestic church, and in this coming um, year. Uh, there will be a focus in our parish upon the domestic church. And uh, so today's feast is also a fitting time to consider the importance and the virtue of generosity, as I would put it, or as the gift of charity. And um, a fundamental aspect, certainly, uh, of being disciples of Jesus Christ, but also within the context of our domestic churches, you, the family. Why is generosity so important uh, to the discipleship way of life? Uh, beginning with family life. Well, my friends, uh, um, we can hardly expect our family members to come together uh, enjoying meals and to pray together and to study the faith and speak about it and to serve others in a home uh, where there is a disconnect from each other uh, or an atmosphere uh, that is always in a constant state of stress or tension. Of course, there are moments when these things happen, but they shouldn't be a constant state. But uh, well, we must be intentional in creating homes where everyone feels cherished and accepted and feels important. We want our homes to be the place where we can get recharged and filled up uh, to go out and to bring love to everyone we encounter outside of the home. Our first reading and our second reading are full of practical wisdom, really, on how to create an atmosphere of true generosity or charity of heart in our homes. The first reading from the book of Sirach uh, speaks of the blessings that will come when children honor uh, their parents, uh, both young children who respect the authority of their mothers and fathers, and adult children who lovingly care for their uh, older or infirm parents. These are the actions and attitudes that create an atmosphere of respect, uh, tenderness, and unity in the family. All of them are key elements of charity of heart or generosity of heart. Second reading from St. Paul to the Colossians uh, gives still more specific um, instructions on fostering, if you will, generosity and charity within the home. And uh, Paul reminds us of the great dignity that we all have as God's chosen and holy and beloved ones. Uh, this applies to every member of the family, you know, from the youngest to the eldest, and, and all those in between, the ones that are sassy and the ones that are not so sassy, right? In the daily drudge, uh, if you will, my friends, of um, family life, it is important to remember that each one of us is cherished by God. And Paul's instruction uh, he says, put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and forbearance towards each other. Um, 
And that is the best formula for family generosity and family life. Uh, we won't always have those feelings of compassion and kindness and so forth. So what do we do? And uh, we can put them on. In other words, we make a decision to be kind. It's no longer feels warm and fuzzy, and I think, I'll, no, it's not about that. It's about deciding. We decide. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be forgiving. I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we put them on. We can act in ways that are compassionate and kind and, and the way a humble and kind person would act. Remember, um, a few weeks ago, I gave a homily and I said, to ask yourself this question. What does love require of me in this situation? And this will create a transformative atmosphere of generosity and charity within the home that will spill out um, in the family's interactions with those outside in society. Of course, it will not always be easy. But we can look to the Holy Family. And I know some people think, well, Father, that's a pretty big example. You've got the Son of God, you've got the Queen of Heaven, and you have another Saint, Joseph. Um, but remember, if you only look at the holy cards of them or only icons of the Holy Family with halos and stuff, you're missing all the other stuff. Remember, Joseph had to... There's all kinds of things. Remember, Joseph thought, I'm going to leave Mary in the next town because, you know, she, she's pregnant and it's not by me. And then crazy Herod was after them, going to kill him. They had to immigrate, and uh, he lost work because because of this, and, uh, uh, and we have the scene from today <laughs> where Jesus is like, what's, what's up with you guys, <laughs> basically, in our term, what's going on with you guys? Why were you looking for me? Um, and my friends, uh, it was really fun, I called one of my priest friends last night, and we were comparing notes about, you know, how the folks were, the, temp the temperature of the folks that were coming, how they feel, were most of them pretty in good spirits, and... Uh, um, he said, well, you know, this, you can, I said, what are you going to preach on? He said, I'm going to preach on Jesus coming into his own. He was 12, and he was standing up for himself, and he was being his own person. He told his mom and dad, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear how that homily goes over. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good luck with that, brother. <laughs> but we do look to the Holy Family uh, for help, lest we think that the Holy Family is somehow unable to sympathize then with our struggles. We see in our gospel passage um, that this family was certainly not free from trials and stress. And it was quite the contrary. The very life of the newborn Jesus, as I said, was threatened by Herod um, because of his extreme jealousy and his paranoia, um, such that the family had to flee suddenly into a foreign land for protection until Herod's death. And Mary and Joseph remained united and ever obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Or direction. Who better to turn to for help and inspiration for our families? And this would be true not only of our biological family, but also of our family and faith, the church, the parish. And also, and I know the society doesn't like it, but why not society? That is another type of family. They too should be uh, looking for guidance by the Holy Spirit, and my friends. And uh, my friends, uh, so today, um, the Roman Catholic priests, of course, we're not married. We don't have wives and children. 
okay, we have a couple that by, by the authority of the Pope has allowed that, and that's wonderful, and I celebrate them. Uh, but today we lift up our families to the Lord in prayer, asking for fortification and healing and grace, uh, because family life is not so easy these days. And uh, this Feast of the Holy Family is a chance not simply to reflect on family life in this coming year, how to make it a stronger bridge that connects generations of solid traditions, and how to make it a more effective place of deep faith, and how to make it a vital living and tangible part uh, of the mystical body of Christ, the church, and also our society. My friends, last in the homilies from yesterday and Friday, um, the, I kind of spoke lightly about um, families, uh, families uh, in faith, they gather together, and as they gather together, they create communities of faith, uh, which is the church. Uh, but uh, this is the nucleus of our society, the family, and that is why it has to be protected. And uh, my friends, what happens in our individual families become reflective of what happens in society. And you've heard me, if we want to change society, then we have to keep guard and protect and nurture the family. And um, um, it's vital as a whole. It is in the family that we acquire skills of relationship where we develop the right moral sense. And next to faith, all of the influence upon us, the family, is by far the most powerful. Uh, its effects stay with each one of us for a lifetime. And my friends, uh, as I said, St. Paul said, you know, he would put forth, it's a choice to be. Well, um, it's one thing to have a family, but it's a deliberate choice to be a family. And uh, uh, if you didn't notice on our, our web, on our website, it says your home in the harbor and your family in faith. And so we're going to focus on that um, in this year. Uh, my friends, and I know um, society doesn't like this, but they wonder why Mother Church fights so hard uh, to prevent the wicked violence against the unborn because it is life. And it is crucial and important to society. And why Mother Church also uh, fights so hard to prevent wickedness and violence against our elderly who are discarded when they are older and infirm. In order to change these mentalities, we have to promote within our families uh, right virtues and holiness and kindness. When we do this, uh, this will transform not only the families but our society uh, and inspire hope um, in our societies, in our communities, in our world. Um, this is how we would go about it. This is how Jesus did it over 2,000 years ago by coming as a little baby. And then as he grew up, uh, apparently from the scriptures, giving his mom and dad a little bit of a hard time on earth <laughs> about things. And then uh, eventually uh, he would uh, live a life of peace and true justice and ask his disciples, then and now, to do the same. Go in peace. Be safe out there.